We have Warren tickets to give you today, Tadmore Shrine tickets to give you, and obviously some Canton Charge tickets as uh, we do those pretty much every day for you. So we'll have those for you. Interesting Browns news, what they're thinking about doing with the draft. We'll get into that coming up around 8 o'clock. Fantone sent me the calorie breakdown of a night of binge drinking, and I know he's just doing it, just trying to piss me off because he knows I've been trying to reduce the calories, trying to work out. Admit it. You were like, dude, he knows he's got St. Patrick's Day coming out. He's thinking about celebrating. He knows he's going to, and dude, you gave me the numbers like because you know you want me to hate it. I, uh, I, uh, I, just sent, I just sent it over. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even put it through the Jim Stansberry <laughs> filter, but no, everything goes through that filter now, so I, I should have thought better. 8.30 is, uh, is when we'll tell you how much a night of binge drinking costs you on your waistline. It's, uh, it, it's nothing I did not know before, but you, it, it's such easily forgettable information, and you can put it to the back of your mind, but when it, you are forced to read those numbers again, it's like a little alarming. How are you doing, dude? I'm pretty all right. I'm pretty all right. Nothing really eventful happening in my life. I don't feel like yesterday my girlfriend had the day off. And she just wanted to go do stuff all day, and it was like it, I just, I just very much felt like the stereotype of like, all right, well, we'll go to Bed Bath and Beyond, and all right, we'll go to Target, and all right, we'll go to this. I don't know what it was, but she was, uh, she was just like hell bent on it. And then she went out with her friends last night, and I fell asleep on the couch, and it was awesome. So like, no, I, I, I uneventful, but but a good afternoon for me. Yesterday. I don't mind being dragged around, but it just, it's always like. Well, here's here comes two hundred dollars. We weren't planning on spending because I'll be in this store, I'll be in that store, and then before you know it, you just end up starting buying things that you don't necessarily need. And I think we've certainly gotten to the point in our relationship now where it's like she like is you know a fully independent woman who does what she wants with her life and like spends her money the way that she wants to spend it. But it is at that point now where it's like. When I see her spending money, there is a little bit of me that's like, God, that's my money too. Like, what are you doing well, with that? Well, like, what are you doing with that? And like, she's not terrible. She's not. I mean, there's so many dudes who could complain so much louder about the irresponsible spending habits of their significant other. My girlfriend's pretty decent about it, but there is still that little bit of like, sometimes I don't care. It's like, you know, it's your money. You do whatever the hell you want with it. She never bugs me about my money, but at the same time, it's like, oh, what are you spending that money on? Every time I've ever been in like a situation like that, like a real serious relationship like that, like as long as finances weren't actually combined and we were just splitting things down the middle and everybody had their responsibilities of what they paid for as long as they got their what their responsibilities to pay paid i didn't care what you spend the rest of your money you go yeah. broke i don't care if you go broke i mean that's the thing is like you know we we split rent we um uh, i take care of the phone bill and uh the, the cable bill she takes care of the other utilities and it's never an issue she's never like babe let me borrow 20 bucks so i'm like well who am i to tell you what to do with your finances i don't expect her to come around to me being like no you can't you can't get the network again this month because we don't have 999 it's like no we're, 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 we're both in independent people but there is and i think it's just i'm sure it is just that like that next step of relationship where it's like every time now it's like oh what are you doing with that money that's our money what are we doing with that so i uh no i would agree i mean it, it it's hard not to not to think about it that way i would my plan would to be to never fully integrate financial systems together like that would be sorry that was me there i uh th- that would be my plan is to never 
is to always like even my dad was always like dude like yeah he's like your mom and I we have a joint account but then Dan he's like I have the grown up account and then like I you know what I mean that she doesn't necessarily know about I think like most things it's got to be both there where it's like yeah I mean because at the end of the day you should look at your partner as a financial partner as well like that's that's a part of that relationship but you do need to have your own identity there so so much like you look at her as like hey I want you to go things with me you also need to be able to go things by yourself you know what I mean like you you need you need to be you need to be that team but you also need to be your own person like I, I mean I can use a very easy male female stereotype but I got buddies like if like if a guy like a guy I know who I play golf with a lot like if he just goes to the golf store like let's see he goes to dicks today right and he buys like a hundred and twenty dollar sandwich right let's find say he gets a really good deal on one and, and dude he, he finds it he buys it like, that's going to be an argument for him when he gets home with his wife. And I've told him, I was like, well, dude, I was like, part of that is because isn't your your financial life is so, it's like all the way integrated where, like, you have no money on the outside of that, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, well, like, then I can kind of see it. Like, if, if, if she's balancing out your budget and you didn't think about what needs to be paid and you just took $120 out of that. Right. I guess that's a part of it, too, is you need to have, like... Once your ducks are in a row, then it's do what you want. If the ducks aren't in a row, if you've got ducks running around everywhere and they're going mishmash, yeah, I don't you know, know what the rest of his life is. That's like. that's where the problem lies, and I think that's probably where most guys kind of trip up sometimes is they don't necessarily look at the big picture. They'll just be like, "Yeah, I'm going to go out and go spend this money. Who's this bitch to tell me otherwise?" And she's <laughs> I like, made it, and she's like, "No, I'm trying to make sure that we still have power in the house." You know what I mean? Like, I think a yeah. lot of guys become blind. Well, to that. I mean, I do. I, I say it all the time. I got a lot of guy buddies who if their wife or girlfriend left them tomorrow they it would be like it would literally be like somebody moved a dog's food dish right and just what where, like like what what, what, what happened and what in like do? 6 days it would be like a tornado went through that house the guy would have like six paychecks saved up hasn't paid any of the bills hasn't gone grocery shopping Nothing. hasn't done any of that and just all like, the money in the bank what, right. lights not on right can't figure out what the hell's going on <laughs> dude, in his life right yeah. now i dude all my uh, dude most of my friends are like that where their wives are like pseudo moms. It's like, dude, if she leaves, this whole operation crumbles to the ground. I um, I, I guess, and to me, it's always just the fact that I spent my twenties by myself, and it was like, well, no, you have to learn how to live independently and do laundry and do these things that you know that your mom did for you that you're gonna want your wife to do eventually. But at this point, it's just like there's so much of it's like where it's like I don't know, I I, I can't give up that power of like doing stuff now. I don't want her to pay the bills because I want to know I pay the bill. I got you know a 42 I mean? year old buddy, 42 years old, has no idea how to do laundry. Wow. Would wow. have no clue. Wow. Would like, would, I mean, I'm sure he could figure it out, right. but doesn't know. Well, like, and you know, if it's not, if, if that, I bet he YouTubes it. If that's not the dynamic in your household, I get it. But like, still, you should have mm. a working knowledge. You should mm. be able to, you should be able, if you mow the grass and she does the laundry, like, okay, I'm not judging, you know, okay, that's fine. Whatever the breakdown is, but I would have an understanding of how it gets done. Yeah, I mean, throwing it in there and turning the knob is not that hard to do. But it's like, you see where these stereotypes on sitcoms come from. Like, I always make fun of it about how, like, the man's always right. like this big dopey idiot in sitcoms, but it's like, Look at us. well, it, <laughs> I mean, 
a lot of my buddies just are sit on the couch, scratch body part, sniff it when nobody's looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just would be lost without that better half. Like women are the BASF of of humans. They just make things better. They just make things better. But I I don't I don't love the idea of fully integrating my money. I need a little bit of financial independence held out on the side there. There's a Japanese teacher who's going to be relieved from his post, and you won't believe why. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com, and at 7.30, we'll be hooking you up with these warrant tickets as they're uh, headed to town with... Is it Jack White? Jack White's Great Wessel? Wait. No. 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 Wait, Jack. <laughs> Jack, Jack Russell's great, great White. White. There, there it, is. it is. That's you were looking for. I, I found Jack it. Jack White. Jack who? Jack. I, I, I found it. I found it. All right. Jack Russell's Great White. White. That's who it is, is playing with Warrant, and yeah. it's at the Hard Rock Roxino. I apologize, man. I knew like, I was like I knew like before Jack. I opened my mouth I was like I'm wrong. I know this is. No, I know this isn't right. Um, and listen, dude, people mess up at their jobs all the time. We see it all the friggin' time. But there is nothing worse than being live on the air and just not knowing where you're going with it. Oh, dude, dude let me. Oh, the worst. No, I'll tell you something worse. There's a guy who has been a listener of mine for a long time and has showed up late to the party on this particular you know, portion of the show. Like he hadn't like caught up. And so he was like, he's now going back and listening to every podcast that's at WRQK.com. Jeez. And like, so dude, he'll hit me up every day with a tweet. Like, Hey man, listen to this. This is what I, and I'm like, Oh my God. So like, dude, every day I get reminded of some idiotic thing that I once said every day. It's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I said that. I hate the podcast. Dude, the podcast sucks. Why do Uh, we do this? Dude, it's a double edged sword. That thing, that thing. I never said that really. You won't hear it. <laughs> That's a double-edged sword. The podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, and it's a it's a powerful tool, and it's how a lot of people listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I remember when that thing kind of first started. Right? When I was doing afternoons, when podcasting first came out, like a lot of air talent and myself included were like, no, 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 no. I want people listening live. Like, what do you mean? Like, dude, if we give it to them delayed, then it'll be like they don't care and they're not going to want it. And it's and, and it's proven, I've proven to be shown a little wrong on that, that it's uh, nah, it's actually beneficial for a lot of people. I was not a huge Maxwell Show listener, but I can remember you guys going off about that. Like, that's one of those memories of that show where it's like, sometimes people be like, yo, do you remember the old show? And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't. I wasn't a part of it. And then people are like, well, really? And I'm like, yeah. But no, I can remember. I can remember you guys being like almost like insane. We were pissed. About that, right? No, we were pissed. We thought it was the end. <laughs> we were like, nah, this is not Over. good. This isn't good. We need people listening live. That's where the ratings come from, and like that's what we care about. And um, it, it, we just honestly, it was it was one of those things where it was so new that instead of embracing it, you just like were terrified. Scary, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You were terrified of it. And I, I mean, now looking back on it, it seems crazy. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah, no, of course. It's right there. Go grab it. You know, it's normally up at 1030. Fine. Right after we're done doing it. Here it is. I know. know? Dude, think stands where it's like, dude, I should get this podcast on. I'm out of here. I'm out of <laughs> really good. I got um, to go. It's one of those things, dude. I love every listener we have. Um, you're in your car, dude. What else are you going to do? You're going to listen to Kathy and Ike? Of course not. Um, but if you listen <laughs> via the podcast, that re- like you really enjoy this show. And like, thank you guys for that. Well, not only that, but the company tracks everything <laughs> digitally. So with like a fine tooth comb. So every time you 
you click that button, they're like, man, those guys are all right. We're doing. Right. We, will give, we will give them another paycheck. Yeah. So, dude, even if you don't, dude, just download it from every computer you touch. <laughs> even if you're not listening to it, just to help us out. There's a teacher who has been suspended. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the part I find interesting. He hasn't even been fired. He's been suspended. Now, this is Japan. Okay. And they take education pretty seriously over there, from what I understand. I've never been. But, but uh, it seems to be the case. Yeah, it seems to be the case there, right? And you got the whole, like, you know, family honor thing. There's a teacher who's been suspended because another teacher stumbled upon what they're calling a stockpile, and I feel like that's a pretty good term for it, of 750 pairs of women's panties. Yeesh. Yeah. He stored them in 10 different plastic shopping bags inside a cleaning supplies cabinet in a room used for club activities, and he is the head of that particular club that uses that room. So obviously the other teacher that found it was like, they must be his, which what were you snooping around for? So my guess is the other teacher had suspicions that this dude was into something creepy. Yeah, I mean, if this dude's dragging dragging bags of panties, (laughs) you got to go investigate. A little weird. Dude's 50. He's been storing the panties in the like the the school locker room of uh, since like summer of like 2016. So about two years. He insisted he purchased the panties. This is my, one of my favorite parts of the story here from a specialized seller in July of 2016 for the sum of what would be equivalent to about 102 U.S. dollars. All those panties? I mean, Seven, you, 750 pairs? You buy 750 and you can't get it for an even hundred? Yeesh. He then moved them to the school a month later, which I guess he had the intent of reselling them during their their cultural festival in October. When students buy and sell items at an on-campus bazaar. I mean, a teacher, an educator thought it was going to be a good idea to bring women's underwear to a school and then put them on display to sell them. Now, it does not say here whether or not they were used or not. But even still, brand new underwear, a teacher selling them to his students does not yeah. seem like the good uh, like 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 the like the good idea. I understand, you know, you want to do the Santa shop or whatever, teach kids about money, you know, gives them a little bit of like, hey, this is how the uh, the economy works. But yeah, dude, you can't just be selling like briefs to kids, dude. Like, no, that dude, is really no, strange. No, there's a lot of questions in here. Um, I guess really, well, you know, well, what was this dude's true intentions with these? Because I don't buy that he's trying to, because if he's buying women's underwear, 750 pair, you're not going to be able to sell those to middle schoolers. You, you also weren't, you weren't storing them for two years to sell them at an upcoming festival this year. Right. Right, and I I don't buy into the numbers either of one hundred and two dollars for seven hundred and fifty pairs of panties. Like, I mean, well, I mean that's where the factories are. Even, but even even so, man, I mean, like if if this guy was buying these panties from a specialized you know retailer or whatever like that, he was buying some weird sex panties. You go on Craigslist right now, you can go buy well, some underwear. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Japan the country where you can walk down the street and you can buy used women's underwear out of like newspaper boxes? I, I feel like that's one of those. I I think that story in particular was kind of one of those like it was a. It was at a sex like expo or something like that, and we turned it into like it's on every street corner. But nonetheless, there's plenty of weird sex stuff going on in Japan. There's nobody that's going to deny that, dude. That's that's. True. I mean, I think you can just like walk around and buy them from like newspaper boxes. But uh, 
you're not you're not buying them for that cheap, dude. I mean, like the whole purpose of those weird, you know, I mean, of selling a dude your panties for sexual reason is for that woman to make money. She's just not giving them up for seven hundred and fifty pairs for a hundred dollars. No, I don't buy. this guy's lying about something. Not if they're worn. This if guy's been, lying. I mean, if, they, if that's just it, if you're buying used panties, they're a ton of money because that's what you're buying them for. Is because the fact that somebody has well soiled them. It's weird how men have such a underwear fetish. That's all legal, right? You can do that. That's not like anything illegal, right? Be on Craigslist right now and buy used underwear. Oh yeah, no, I think you're all okay. Right. All right. No, yeah, I think you're okay. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, why not? But it's it's really weird. Like men do have like a preoccupation in the mind of with. Like women in their underwear, like they do, and it, it, I don't know where that. I, I mean, it's interesting. I wonder where that comes from. But like, I'm a like, dude. I, like, I'm not one of those guys that thinks it's hot. Like when a girl's like, I'm not wearing underwear. Like I never find that hot ever. Like that's never. Ew. It's like that's like underwear are important. Like I remember once when I was a kid, and I thought this was so strange, and I'll never understand. And like I didn't know what to do. But like I was hanging out with one of my buddies. That I, like we were riding our bikes. Like that's how young I was. Right? So probably 11, maybe 12-ish. And my buddy comes out of his house and he just has a pair of his sister's underwear. And he just hands them to me. (laughs) (laughs) And he just, like, gifts them to me. And I didn't know what to do. So, like, I, like, stuck them in my pocket and I... (laughs) (laughs) I pedaled home. I like went back to my house and I pedaled home with them and I, like, took them out of, like, like, my hoodie pocket and I was like... Well, I knew, like, I was like, I, I didn't know why I was given these. I didn't know why I should want them because I didn't feel like I wanted them. But I knew that if my parents knew that I, that I was in possession of them. Bad news. That it was going to be questions I didn't want to answer. <laughs> and they, more importantly, I didn't have the answers, too. I was unprepared for the swinging light bulb investigation of where the polka dot panties came. I, like, I didn't know what to do. So they just, like, they laid underneath a trapper keeper I had in the... The top shelf of my closet forever. Now my mom probably cleaned my room three hundred times. Probably knew I had him in there and has been worried about him ever since. So as she's downloading the podcast at wrqk.com, ding, she'll be able to know. Like rest easy. I just was giving them. It was like forced possession. Like a buddy going to jail gave me a bag of cash. Hold this until I get out. I didn't know what to do. Don't just hand dudes panties. They don't know what to do. They'll freak out. More Stansberry Show, and a first-round draft pick is already making bad decisions. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those Warren tickets at 7.30 to play in the Hard Rock Roxino on the 23rd. We'll get you in at 7.30 this morning. one 800 243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Just another reminder, this Sunday, 8 o'clock, TBS, TNT, and True TV, the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards will be televised. You can check that out. I believe at 7 o'clock we'll give you another award winner. Okay. We have another one. Though. should probably read this big highlighted piece of paper that was set on my chair this morning. Probably not the worst idea. We're <laughs> telling people that. Right. We'll find out. So a uh, a draft pick that they say is going to go first round, and I would agree, probably is, probably top five, probably top you know five six pick there. Saquon Barkley, a lot of Browns fans want him to be picked number one overall. They would like to see him picked over a quarterback. 
Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he's definitely top five, right? I mean, there's no way he's not. He's a gamer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, a lot of, some of the, his naysayers want to point out the fact that he only rushed for 44 yards on like 21 carries against Ohio State. And I would have to agree, it's a ding. But Barkley didn't play, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, Sam Darnold didn't play all that great against Ohio State either. I mean, you know what I mean? People have bad games. No one data point tells the story. You have to give it a bigger picture. And I mean, I, even even if in the fact of you as a an NFL team have to be able to see the impact he's the potential impact that he can make, as opposed to just like, well, here's what he did in college. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things. It's like it, it's a small sample size of who he is overall. He looks like a gamer. I have no problem taking Saquon Barkley. If they take him at four, I have no problem with it. It's not what I want them to do. In full disclosure, I think it's Sam Darnold at one, and I think it's Minka Fitzgerald, I think is the guy's name, out of Alabama at four. Yeah, but if you dude, if you take a quarterback you believe in and a running back that you have faith it. in, how, how I can't am I hate it? it? I, yeah, no, no, no. I got no problem. Dude, if you take Barkley at four, I got no problem with it. Okay? But he is, I guess, hanging out and working out. And I didn't want to do this because I, I know that people think I just love harping on this guy, but he's hanging out with Johnny Manziel. He's working out with Johnny. And I, look, I'm not looking to jump up and down on Johnny. I have been proven right on the Johnny Manziel thing. I feel vindicated in all that. I mean, dude, the hate mail I took over that over the first year when this show was on the air here over what I had to say about Johnny Manziel, I feel vindicated now because I was right. But if I'm Saquon Barkley, I think this is a bad look. I think it's a bad look. I think anything you do right now that makes anybody raise an eyebrow is probably not smart and is ultimately probably costing you money. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I think Johnny Manziel obviously has established himself as somewhat of a celebrity in like sports circles. But like, what's the victory here for you? It's not like this is like some prolific quarterback that you're working out with that can like give you like an insight into the game. If you can go put in hours with Tom Brady as a football player, of course yeah. you're going to do that. But we're talking about Johnny Manziel here. What is what is he offering you that a dude who can you know that that just a trainer couldn't? I I don't understand this move. And there must be something to Johnny Manziel because guys are just hanging out with him. Like this, I mean, it happened last year where some, like, where a couple of these draft picks were like working out with him. And I just don't get. I don't. I, I guess. I mean, I've never met the guy, so I don't know. But there's obviously a a you like being around him factor. So he must be a pleasant person to be around. He's charismatic. I don't think I don't think you can deny that. No, I know there's no denying that. Whether you like his style of charisma, which I'm not normally wild about it or not, to deny the fact that he has it would be a lie and unfair. But but but, but, but part of that I always thought, and maybe I'm wrong, is I thought a lot of the appeal of hanging out with him was the train wreck aspect. Right. Of well, he's just pounding tequila and mezcal shots. Let's right. see what happens. What's Johnny going to do tonight? But if he's not doing that, I didn't realize that there was still going to be this attraction factor. Is there is there like a prior relationship with these two guys? Did they go to some football camp together ten years ago and became buddy? You know what I'm saying? Like oh, maybe I wonder. maybe that's what it is. But I, I I mean, like I said, there's you know outside of like maybe getting on you know TMZ Sports. 
there's not a lot of victory here. Like, there's, you know, if this, if they went to the same school, okay, well, then I get it. You know, if, they, if, if, if Johnny Manziel played at Penn State, well, then I would understand, like, well, there's a brotherhood there. We're Nittany Lions, man. It's what we do. Right. Right. But, but there, what's, the, what's the bridge here? I don't see it. Is it steering the Browns away from you? Not a bad idea. Is it? Now, I know he came out the other day and said, look, man, they're on the rebuild, and you'd love to be a part of something like that, and he said all the right things. Right. Because, I mean, dude, you should say all the right things. Right. The, the draft has been covered now enough times on television where these guys should have the lines down. You should have what you say to the journalist clocked. You know what I mean? Because we've seen this enough times now. So I know he said the right thing. But is this maybe a little nod, nod, wink, wink? I don't really want to go there. A little action speak louder than words. I, I, I have a hard time debating that. Be- I mean, because I'm guessing the Browns have a bad taste in their mouth over Johnny Manziel. I mean, he showed up at their facility Sunday morning drunk to play a game. Like, I don't. I, I can't think of a better way to send that message. Outside of say, coming out and saying it, and like on, on, a, on a subconscious level, there. I mean, maybe then, this is brilliant. Then by associating yourself with Johnny Manziel, is like, dude, I do not want anything to do with your organization. Wow, I didn't think of that, but that makes sense to me. I mean, I think he goes three to Indy. Like that's where I think. I mean, I, that's where I think he goes. I'm, but again, that's me believing mock drafts I've seen. So right. God only knows what happens opening of draft day. You know what I mean? But I think he's probably a top 10 pick for sure. But this feels to me like the more I'm thinking about it, the more we're discussing it. Like, why would you do this if it's not a little bit of, I know I'm not going number one because one of the quarterbacks is going to go number one. It's going to be Rosen or Darnold. That's what's going to happen. So he knows he's not going number one. So why go to the Browns if I don't have to? It's a great question. I mean, honestly, any other place you could find yourself would be better as a football player. I'm not saying, you know, like literally anywhere else you'd be in a better situation. If I'm right and Andrew Luck ends up being healthy this year and playing quarterback and he ends up in Indianapolis Colt and you got now Luck and Barkley... That they're going to be something to see. That that will be at least interesting football to watch. So I think this is nod, nod, wink, wink. I don't want to play there. But I'm a pessimist, so who knows? I, I have no idea what it actually means. A social media site is going to ban photos. I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. We'll pass out these warrant tickets as uh, they're playing with Jack Russell's Great White. We screwed it up a couple of not we. I screwed it up a couple of times this morning. But it is Jack Russell's Great White playing with warrant on the 23rd Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. We'll get you into that around 7:30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. Um so we've talked on the show a couple of times about the misadventures of uh, of the modern dating world. It's tough out there. It's it's just it's hard out there. And uh, I know a lot of my married buddies are always like, man, like I just you know like they just think like if they got away from their wife, life would be great. And it's like I don't think so. The great lie men in relationships we tell ourselves, dude, of like, dude, if I could just get rid of the ball and chain, it would just be raining vagina in my household. And it's like, dude, uh, not come really. On, come on. Not really. As matter, dude, as a matter of fact, yesterday I was at the gym and I was like, I was working out on the elliptical and I saw this girl or woman, sorry, and uh, she was on the treadmill in front of me and she just looked 
really good. She just looked really good. And there's something about a like when they're working out and the ponytails like bouncing around. That's kind of hot. Like that was kind of hot. And so I was like, well. And I was like, well, if there's not like I'm ever attractive anywhere, but if there's ever a place where I'm not the guy that you're going to be like, yeah, that's the guy I'm taking home from here, it's probably the place where people are getting physically fit. The gym, probably not the best there. <laughs> that's probably not my best scenario, but she was, man. She was really cute. But the, dude, dating's very tough. And so a lot of these people, not or a lot of people, I should say, turn to like these social media style dating sites like Tinder is a big one. Plenty of fish is a big one that people use and you kind of swipe, you know, right. If you like people swipe left, if you don't, and it's just like, and it's like a rate, it's like American idol for herpes is basically all it is. Yes. That person's good. Yes. This person's not, or no, this person's not. That's all it is. Right. What was once such a, what do I want to say? I don't want to say taboo because that's probably not the right word for it, but with something that held such a stigma at one point is very, very mainstream now. And I think like, I would probably say, I mean, a majority of single people at one point or another have used the digital platform to, you know, try to either get a date or get laid or whatever it is. Percentage of single people, I would say 60% probably, if not more. And I would say, the you know, I think if you're probably under 40, that number goes up considerably higher. Dramatically higher. Probably 85%. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Bumble is another one of these. But they work a little differently from what I understand. I'm not on Bumble, but from what I understand, women have to make the first set of communication on the Bumble app so that like dudes just can't like harass hot women via okay. this app. Okay. So women kind of like make the first move. Um, I guess I see there's some appeal there, especially for women. And I think that's the big problem for a lot of these sites is getting women to feel comfortable enough to sign up for it. Because I'm sure a vast majority of women can tell like a horror story of like, oh, oh my God, this guy got my email address and there was 900 D pics the next morning. Well, and not stuff only like that, that you know? but I mean, they all have inboxes now. So right, like you right, can right, just right, send right. these messages straight through and I'm having, I'm suffering computer problems. There we go. I think no, maybe not. All right. Um, Bumble, so like I said, women have to like make the opening salvo on this, right? So they have now decided, I think this was last Friday, that they will ban profile photos. Yeah, I have to reload this. With guns in them. They will ban any profile photo with guns in them. And they say online behavior can both mirror and predict how people treat each other in the real world. That's part of their statement. And they say, as mass shootings continue to devastate communities across the country, it's time it's time to state that that gun violence is not in line with our values. You know what they're saying. Like, dude, those right. are those people. We are not those people. That's basically what they're saying. Right? But I agree with them that online behavior can both mirror and predict how people can treat each other. I don't know if it necessarily how they will, but how they can treat people. All the more reason why I don't want you hiding photos of dudes holding guns. Yeah, now you you're walking guy. these women to this doorstep of this stuff and they have less information about who this person is. I think this is, is completely, this is again, you trying to be part of this new thing and make sure, let's make sure we're on the right side of this. And you're trying so hard to be on the right side of it that you end up on the wrong side. Is there. 
do you think there's a correlation between like, hey, I have a gun in my picture, therefore I'm obviously a gun enthusiast, not just like a passive gun user. Like, I, or, I'm you a know. gun owner, and yet none of none of my photos have me holding my guns in them. Wouldn't do that, right? I mean, that's just not necessary. I mean, at the range, there may be a video of me shooting a target, this and that. I'm probably not going to make a profile picture out of me holding a gun. I, I, I just wonder if 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 you are that type of person to have a gun in your profile picture, not just a picture, but in your profile picture, like, hey, this is me and this is what I'm putting out to the world, does that make you more or less likely to be a responsible gun owner? I'd probably think more responsible, right? I mean, like, if you're, I mean, if you're, if you're living well, that, that life. Well, I don't know. Because if you and I were to scroll through Facebook right now, right? Right. And we were to find just profile photos of people who were holding guns in their profile photos, I think you know we are going to be able to find more than a few people that we can pretty much estimate that's probably not a responsible gun owner. That's a response. I like your theory because I think it would be true of a lot of people. Yes. I think there would be a lot of people standing there, shotgun kind of holding it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, a, like, a, I don't know. I, I, it feels weird to say senior photo, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of style of photo that yes, that could be right. But if you're the kind of, I don't know, dude in alliance, headband on, nine millimeter turned sideways looking at, at the camera. Are you a responsible gun? Those owner? are two different pictures. I don't right. know. Right, right. No, but they are point. different photos. That is, that's a good point. And so, like, if, if I'm Bumble, I don't know if I like this. So now all of a sudden, this woman has to make the first move with these dudes now. And now you've erased this big part of who this dude is. She says, yeah, let's go hook up. And next thing you know, now he's this person. Well, and I guess, I mean, at the end of the day, there is a little bit of user beware in that sense of it's going to be very common when you're when you're dealing with somebody in an online dating profile that they're going to, even if not lie like catfish you, they're going to hide certain parts of themselves for, from you. And I mean, I think that's first dates in general. When you first meet somebody, you don't necessarily go into like, hey, here's the worst of me or hey, here's what I'm most passionate about in life. You kind of do the the you know the small talk dance. I work here. Right. I grew up here. Right. So I played football here. There's, I, I think there's, you know, it just as a real possibility there if you went into Buzzbin, met some dude and you're, you're going home with him and you go home and all of a sudden it's like, you know, guns and ammo you know, in his in his house. I mean, just as likely, I guess. Yeah, I, I just I, I if I'm the social media site, I'm for giving you as much information right. about that person that you don't know that stranger as you need. And actually, this guy here on Twitter brings up a great point. Joe brings up a great point. What about military photos? A lot of my old b- photos are, you know what I mean? And a lot of young military guys are going to show those photos because it's something that they're proud of. I think they address law enforcement and military. Oh, do they? They do. I didn't get into I, that. I, 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 believe, I believe they said that they would, they would allow that. Um, it, it's certainly Bumble's prerogative to do this. I mean, it's you are an independent company. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I just feel like there's not a lot of victory here for you. To me, like I said, this is we are so desperate to be on a side of this, and we want to make sure we're not perceived to be on the wrong side, that you're trying so hard to be on the right one that you end up being on the wrong side. There is a story out there that 20 years ago would have been a huge story, but right now, because of the crazy times we live in, it's just not that big of a deal. 
And I think the more you think about it, the more this show forces you to think about it, you're going to be like, yeah, you're right. That That is strange. Had that happened when we were kids, the world would have like exploded over it. I'll tell you what it is next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. About to pass out these Warrant and Jack Russell's great white tickets. That's coming to the Hard Rock Rock Casino in Northfield Park on the 23rd. We're laughing because the first time I said it this morning, I had said Jack White's Great <laughs> Russell. I had like completely butchered it, and I've been terrified every time since that I'm going to keep saying it that way. Well, because I'm an idiot. So I'm terrified of that. So I can't wait to give these tickets away so I don't have to say it anymore. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. There's a story out there that, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's being covered. So it's not like, where's the media? They're not talking about it. That's not what I'm saying. But this would have exploded the world. And this person would have been everywhere. And I don't feel like that's happening right now. And I think it's a sign of the times about how much chaos we're constantly under every single day. And that is Stormy Daniels, porn star, is suing the president. Porn star suing the president. Take yourself and your politics out of it and just say that to yourself again. Porn star suing the president. Notice a, 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 a party has not been listed, but porn star sues president would have been nonstop New, like, dude, if Reagan would have been sued by a porn star, that wouldn't have left television till yesterday. And, like, l- let's look at the Clinton thing, right? Like, he slept with Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. She became one of the biggest, I don't know if celebrity's really the right word. Uh, b- Newsmaker. She, yes, the one of the most noteworthy people Like, she was everywhere. Stormy Daniels kind of came out, kind of talked about how she slept with Donald Trump. She did the circuit once, and it was, like, done. Well, yeah, and during that circuit that she ran there, she did not disclose fully what happened. Remember on the Jimmy Kimmel thing, he held up the doll and said, like, oh, where did you do this with the president? And she had tape over her mouth because she wasn't allowed to come Ah. out and say it. There was the 2011... Um, interview she did with Vanity Fair where she went into depth, but after that 2016 non-disclosure that she signed, she legally thought she was unable to talk about it without the risk of being sued. From She's this saying point not so much now because he didn't sign it. Correct. And so, like, but my thing is, is like, this would have been. This doesn't even seem to be breaking through. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it is being covered, but like it's not it's not the water cooler conversation that you thought it would be. I can't believe that. And I, I have to attribute that to the amount of chaos you deal with on a daily basis that you know about. Like again, I really think this is the changing of the way we we consume and take information in. Where again, like I brought up Reagan. Of course that would have been all you heard about coming from the box because the box was the only place you heard stuff. Right. It was either the radio or the TV. Now you get so much crazy information... 
that I think that the president being sued by a porn star, honestly, I can't believe I've lived long enough to where it's not crazy enough to like break through. It's not even like, you know, eh, whatever. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things here. And first and foremost, like, do I genuinely care that Donald Trump slept with a porn star? Not at all. No, I've known that to be the case. Like, I'm not naive enough to think that right. a, a billionaire hasn't slept with porn stars. Like, come on. Um, I, I, I guess the issue to me is it's like, not only is this all the case, but like, I mean, there was a, a, a very big settlement of money paid off to this woman to tell her to shut up and like in the middle of a campaign. Like, that's where my issue comes into play. It's much like with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton wasn't impeached for getting oral sex in the Oval Office. He was impeached for lying about it. This is where we're getting into right now is like, well, now we have to get into the details of it. It can't just be like, hey, this happened eight years ago. And you know what? I was a private citizen then. F you, I can do what I want. Because you're right. At that point, you have 100%. You know, do I think cheating on your wife with a porn star is a good thing? No. But, like, yeah, you're right. This was before you were the president. What do I care? But but now we've gotten into the point where she was paid off. And it's like somewhere along the lines, we're getting into a legal uh, conversation here. And even that aspect of it is just like, eh, whatever. We're not, whatever. Paid her $160,000. No big deal. It just, it even seems underreported by a media that hates him. There's a lot going on with President Trump right now, and I think the media is probably, and maybe this is maybe this is me giving them too much credit, but there might be a little bit of like, we really need to stay focused on the things that matter here, as opposed to, and I mean, I'm not trying to say that this doesn't matter, because if you broke campaign finance laws, that certainly matters, but we're trying to stay focused on the things that, you I know. I think that's idealistic. Probably. probably I think that's probably. idealistic the, of news directors. The, but then where's that, what, I mean, because nothing moves more than porn, right? Well... Is that a truth that is no longer as true as it once was? Is that what's I happening? Guess maybe. Are we desensitized to sex scandal? I mean, do think about it. The sex scandal's been part of my entire life. Yeah. There's never been a time where there wasn't somebody where somebody wasn't in the tabloids over something sexual. Right. I mean, and, and, and it goes back further than that. I mean, oh, let's for sure. be real, like every single one of these dudes has has been doing something dirty sexual. I mean, like, I think we all know the eleventh commandment was a dirty cartoon. Like I'm, <laughs> I mean, we all I mean, right? So I I just I wonder if that's what it is, where it's like, dude, sex scandals aren't what they were. If 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 that's the case, and we have really moved that forward sexually as a society, I'm gonna say good, but I don't buy that. But I don't. I don't. I don't know why this isn't bigger, dude. I don't know why this. I mean, like she's not even being jet setted to like the top of the pornog- the online pornography sites. Like for like a day after she did Kimmel, she was like the girl on Pornhub. But if you like look now, they they're not like skyrocketing her to the front. Like anytime Kim Kardashian does something massive in the news, her tape with Ray J skyrockets right to the front of Pornhub again. Even even when even when August Ames killed herself, she was on top of that for a while, a long time. Right now, long time. And now Stormy Daniels, like, yeah, whatever. You, you you now have a lawsuit against the pre- and it just seems like <laughs> eh, whatever. Stansberry and Fanto break it down the Pornhub. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. I because I like. I I'm with you. I don't care that Trump slept with her at all. Now, he could sleep with her now, and I wouldn't care. I, I guess the thing I'm going to say about that, and I, I think some people make this argument, and I do buy this, is that like 
for the most part, do I think that you can cheat on your spouse? You're still making a bad decision, but you can continue to do your job. Yes, but from the status of a politician, like there is no, a little I want, bit. Of- I want to, dude. I've always said about Bill Clinton, dude. The way the way you treated Hillary is indicative of how you do view women deep down. Well, and if you're gonna lie to your wife, then you're gonna, you're gonna lie. lie to everybody. That's, that's, there's there's there, nobody. You there's lie truth to. in that. I guess what I should say is is that I don't expect rich, powerful men to act any other way than as a rich, powerful man. End of the day, Melania might have been like, you know what, dude? Hey, you gave me this lifestyle, and if you want to go bang out whores every every now and then, you got to do what you got to do. And I that, mean, that's your relationship. That's your relationship. Dude, you don't think Melania a couple of times was like, well, dude, at least he's not flopping around on top of me right now. You're like, you don't think there was at least part of that? I mean, dude, if NBA wives can get there, you don't think you don't think like a trophy wife thinks to herself, "Well, it's one last orgasm I got to provide." I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know what their sex life is like, and I never really thought about it till right now. But I would be interested, I suppose. Melania is still kind of like. I mean, dude, she's still like banging hot. Well, she's still foxy, no question about it, dude. Yeah, one hundred percent. How many times do you think they're having sex on an average month? I would assume it's pretty hard to get it in as the president. You know what I mean? You've got a full docket in front of you. I mean, you should. <laughs> but, you, you know, I, I would assume not on a, on a weekly basis, maybe once a month. Whoa, really? Dude, the president's getting laid 12 times a year? Hell, I mean, laid by his wife 12 times a year. Dude, I got to tell you, if I was if I was on trial for my life, I want that judge having more sex than that. I want him in a better mood than that. You think, you think every two weeks? Every week? I would think weekly, right? I don't know, dude. You're stressed out. I mean, sometimes it's honest to God. I'll be at home, and I'm like, my girlfriend's trying to have sex with me, and I'm like, babe, it's 8.30. I'm exhausted. It's Thursday night. I got to wake up tomorrow. I got a charge game. I got this going on this week. I got to work at the chocolate bar. I got too much stuff going on to have sex with you right now. And the president, I think- I'm doing have, enough to keep you happy. Right. I think the president has a fuller docket than I do. He's played golf a hundred times this year, dude. I mean, dude, take one. If, if I'm telling you to take a nine hole off to get it done with, dude, I, honestly, I'm a golf fanatic. I'd rather bang Melania. I just, I can't believe this isn't like a bigger thing, but yeah. I think it's because we're desensitized to crazy. I just think there's so much chaos that we're like, ah, okay, whatever. Well, and I think there's a little bit of this too, where number one, you've got people who are so deeply ingrained into President Trump's camp that no matter what happens, they're going to be okay with it. And I think you have some people who have overreacted so much to everything that President Trump has done, and and and, and you know, you're Hitler and you're Mussolini and you're the worst person, you're Satan, um, that they've become the boy who's cried wolf. So I think a lot of people who are just in the middle of like, dude, no, I've that's I, I, fair. I've shut up a lot of you guys because it's like you won't give it a fair judgment. But I've also shut up a lot of you guys because you won't stop screaming about it. I mean, honestly, as a guy who leans left, I hate CNN now. And I don't know who this woman who's on MSNBC, like right at ten o'clock when I'm when I'm done doing the show, it's on in my office. She's the most biased eye-rolling, judgmental, rude-to-guest host I've ever seen, and they never flash her name on TV, and I wonder if that's part of the reason why. I mean, she's terrible. Like, she's unwatchable. So maybe there is, I think there is part of that, where it's like, dude, you constantly tell me how bad this guy is. Everything you do can't be that bad that maybe there's just an exhaustion factor. Oof, man. I just keeps to me it keeps going back to my my father's era, feet up on the couch, him having to watch TV, and 
you know, like Lisa Ann suing Ronald Reagan. Imagine the spit coming out of his mouth. Oh you know what God. I'm saying? Like, uh, just imagine the old man to have to dude, see that. morals and the value. Oh, my God. The whole thing, dude, his head would have exploded. Exploded. We live in crazy times, man. We have these warrant tickets. They're playing with Jack Russell's mm-hmm. Great White. That's it. That's on the 23rd at the Hard Rock Roxino. Let's send caller number 23. Right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And 1 in 14 pregnant women are doing something, and I'm going to shame you into stopping next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have tickets for the Tadmore Shrine Circus. We'll pass those out at 8.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Again, coming up on the 17th. It is St. Patrick's Day, and we will be out for the Sandsbury Show's Shamrock Shenanigans, presented by Coors Light. We'll start that morning at 10 a.m. at Lobie's. Be there for about an hour and a half, then we'll move up to TD's Tailgate Grill at noon. Be there till about 1.30. And then we'll be at Falcone's Tavern, which is also on West Husk. We'll be there from 2 till 3.30. It's a good day. I uh, am looking forward to that day. I uh, have said that I'm going to let it out. I'm, I'm going to drink that day. I'm going to eat that day. I'm going to do all the things. And Fantone actually sent me the, the calorie breakdown of a binge drinking night. And we'll get into that actually around 830. I don't care what he says. I feel like he's sent it to me because he knows it's going to break my heart. I haven't had bread in like three weeks. I cannot wait to have a sandwich. Corned beef sandwiches are so good. I can't wait for St. Patrick's Day. First 50 people through the door at each location. Get a Sandsbury Show pint glass. Uh, I can tell you that because they're actually here in the hallway now, so we have them. It's not like one of those things. It's good. I'm glad because if there's anywhere where we'd make a guarantee, hey, this is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, no, we've got them. They've been delivered. Yeah, that would uh, that will be good. So we will have those. The CDC claims that one in 14, one out of every 14 pregnant women smokes while being pregnant. Really? Now, there were there was a lot of parental judgment on yesterday's program. I ran some segments from yesterday's show for the Best of Show this morning. I was in here early this morning, and I happened to be listening back, and I was like, oof. Man, dude, you came off a little judgmental there, Stansberry. You might want to walk a little bit of that back next time around. But I'm going to judge you here. If we're now examining laws, and other places have done this, where they're making it illegal for you to smoke in your car with your child, why on earth would you think that it would be okay for you to smoke cigarettes while being pregnant? I once had a girl tell me, I owned a bar once, and I once had a girl, her name was Stevie. I'll never forget Stevie, because she once told me, well, my doctor told me not to quit because it's going to be a bigger shock to my body. And Stevie must have thought I was an idiot. Yeah, I was going to say, what kind of doctor are we talking about? I have talked to, honestly, that was like six years ago. I've talked to 50 doctors since then. Not one of them have told me that that would have been true. I'm just guessing here. Did she smoke Misty's? I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume. Close enough. Close enough. I'm going to judge you here. I once... While working at another radio station, there was a smoking section out back behind the building. Mm-hmm. I was doing afternoons. I smoked cigarettes. I was smoking a cigarette. And a woman came out, 
pregnant as all get out, like nine months, could see baby blinking and just lighten up cigarettes in the back. And I went on the air and I trashed her. And like she like then complained and like her company filed an official complaint with the radio station because the big bad main radio DJ was mean to me. And she thought that I was hypocritical because I was smoking. And I my and my point to that was is I'm making this decision for me. You are making a wildly unhealthy decision for a life that you tell me you shall care for. I'm judging you on that. I'm sorry I am. I mean, at the end of the day, do I agree with all of you on this? Yes, of course I do. I'm not I'm not trying to to present myself as somebody who who's going to give this viewpoint. Here we go. Um, but what about the concept of well, my mom did it and I turned out fine. Who are you to tell me how to raise my kids? Okay. Well, dude, grandfathers used to beat grandmothers. Do I get to do that? It used to just be commonplace to come home from work and smack your wife across punch, the face. Punch her cold cocker. Just right smack there. her right across the face because dinner was late. I, I I mean Good for him, right? I mean, if you can if you can point to, you know, what do I want to say? Yes, abuse is definitely something that, you know, and once upon a time, slavery was a thing. Um, but uh, people will make this argument if it was good enough for me, it was good enough. It's good enough for my kids. Fine. I mean, I, what I'm going to say is, is that that's you looking for a loophole to continue to do something you want to do. Ju- just like just like there's some people who say, well, no, you can't hit your kids. You know, well, back in the day, I could hit my kids all I wanted to. Nobody ever said anything about it. Now, now America's so soft. America's such a liberal safe haven that if I want to smoke a cigarette and and, well, and, 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 and and while I'm pregnant, who are you to tell me no? I should be. I should have been hit more as a kid. I would agree that honestly, they do taking a little bit of a firmer hand by my parents probably would have been a good idea. But we know, we know what smoking does to the body. We know it's not like we're waiting for data to come back. We know people people debate on whether secondhand smoke is bad for you or not. There's no question about that. And if I can question literally everything, is else, it still secondhand? You're sucking off of my internal organs, and I'm shoving it into my body. If I can question the science of everything else. Who's to say that, like, well, pff, dude, you know, the, 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 the myth of, of lung cancer being, you know, caused by cigarette smoke, that's all just a myth by big government trying to hold the little man down. I mean, who's, who's to say? I, can, I mean, okay, every, well, every, if everything I, else I can argue away with, like, well, pff, I I'm not science. I'm not responding to crazy. Like, I'm not doing that. Now, women, right? Let me, I can feel some of you pulling away from me right now. I can feel it, okay? So, so I'm going to throw you a bone, Okay. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, that's unfair. My husband doesn't have to change his behavior, but I'm the one that's pregnant. Okay? Guys, you should quit while your wife's pregnant. First of all, you should just quit smoking cigarettes altogether. Yeah. Right? I mean, come on. That's what should happen. But if your wife's going to go through this, go through it with her. You know, start to prepare to parent together. See, ladies, I'm not just against you. If your wife has to go through this, go, go through it with her. If she wants you to give up the booze, too, then do it. Just do it. It's nine months. Shouldn't be that hard. Dude, if giving up anything for nine months is that hard, you're addicted to it. Yeah, yeah. Check. You gotta, you're addicted you to check it. check your relationship right there. Um, now, granted, you can find literally anything on the internet, but all I did was Googling uh, harmful effects of smoking while pregnant, and one of the main articles that came up, the myth of smoking during pregnancy being harmful. And I mean, I know you, can, you Dan Sansbury, can look at this and evaluate it and say, dude, this is BS. This is just I'm right.com. But, but, but not everybody can. Not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to do that. And not everybody's going to believe it. Somebody's going to see this and they're going to say, this justifies what I'm saying. You do not have the right to tell me what to do with my body. 
Somebody show me the data on school shooters' parents who smoked while they were in the womb. Oof. Dude, what if we go down that rabbit hole? What if we go down the rabbit hole of show me the people that have a mental illness whose parents, whose mother smoked with them in the womb? Dude, what if we start tracing it down like that and we start finding out like, oh, we've been massively underestimating what this has done to us. Now, I don't know that. I'm not even saying that it definitively has led to some of those things. But what if we found that out? They just haven't looked at it yet, I'm sure. Maybe they will now. Most of the scientific communities plugged into this program. A lot of the white coats like this show a lot. Obviously, me being a little facetious. I just, I try not to judge too much. But if you're standing around smoking while pregnant, I'm sorry. I'm judging the hell out of that. And honestly, dude, that's one of those things. Like, I'm taking my wife's cigarettes and throwing them out of the car when, like, something like that. Like, like, are you crazy? You're not smoking with my kid in there. And yes, I'll quit with you. And I know what you're thinking. You're making it sound so easy. Well, I quit five years ago. It wasn't easy, but it was something I needed to do for my life. So it can be done. You're not going to be able to convince me something can't be done that I already did. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang up. The Sansbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. We have a uh, four-pack of tickets for the Tadmore Shrine Circus. We'll pass those out around 8.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. I, uh, I have some information here that the Cleveland Browns will be hosting their annual NFL draft party, and they're going to do it, apparently, in the Muni lot. April the 26th from 6 p.m. till 11 p.m. Parking spaces in the in the lot will become available at 4. Gates will open at 5.30. The Cleveland Browns have two first-round selections, obviously, at number 1 and number 4 overall. Season ticket holders can register for tickets to the party starting at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, that being today, I would imagine, at clevelandbrowns.com or on the Browns mobile app. The public can register at 10 a.m. on March 9th. Tickets are free. I can't tell if this is one of those things that I think is lackluster because the franchise is lackluster or not. That I might be a little like piling on on the Browns here just because they're so piss poor, but this feels small to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it feels little, right? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna roll out the uh, the grill and have some hot dogs in a parking lot. Yeah, that feels small. I mean, it does. I mean, the stadium's right there. I mean, right there. So you're saying why not bring them in and uh, you know and, and do it in there? If I'm the Browns, I'm doing whatever the hell it takes to put a smile on those faces, especially the season ticket holders. Because as much as I want to bitch about the Browns and this and that, I can easily not watch the game on Sunday. But if you're spending money on season tickets on those things, yeah, dude, don't make them. They, they get to register for their tickets early. Like, dude, roll. it's time to start rolling the red carpet out a little. Don't you know, though, when you're buying brown season tickets what they are? You can't hide behind. I didn't know you guys sucked. I mean, when you go to a crappy restaurant and get a crappy meal, you can't be like, well, what the hell? This isn't filet? Well, like, no duh, idiot. Eat your crappy scrambled eggs and get the hell out of here. 
I mean, I, I, I think, yes, I understand that Browns fans probably feel a little slighted, but you know what you're buying when you buy season tickets. Do they? Let's, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use our boy as an example, our boy Dustin. Delusional. Exactly. Delusional. That's my that's my point. If I gave that dude money to buy season tickets every year, he would buy them. And the day after they showed up at his house, he would tell you how they're going to win the playoff. He would. He would. He's going to tell you, dude. He still thinks they're getting a road playoff game this year. They don't know who the quarterback is. He's already telling me they're winning an away playoff game. They don't know who the signal caller is. And he's like, yeah, dude, we're winning a road game. But I mean, but so that, do they know? It, do they know or do they not know? But at this point, it's on you to know that. I really feel that that like, like I said, you go somewhere and you spend you know a dollar on a cheeseburger. You can't be like, what the hell? This cheeseburger sucks, man. What the what, 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 what is this? Do you know, ninety nine cent cheeseburgers are some of the most delicious things you're ever going to get your hands on. I think you need to find another. <laughs> I um, I I I I I I understand what you're saying of like, well, is this too small? But like, I don't know. The Browns, it feels little. The Browns are kind of little. I mean, at the end of the day, they're small potatoes. Dress for the job you want. Well, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, sure, but it, it, you you can dress for the job you want, but just because you wear a suit to the gas station every day doesn't mean you're going to become CEO. I mean. And how many times are you going to wear a suit to the gas station before you're like, son of a bitch, dude? Why don't I just wear dickies like everybody else? This thing smells like grease. Right. Dustin, our, our resident Browns yeah, fan, is. is saying people are already losing losing their minds over it, and it's still a month away. I don't know if he means for the party itself. He already started. I'm sure he already started tailgating. He's got the pregame going right now. To me, the draft parties feel desperate, not determined. Not dedicated is the better word. It feels desperate, not dedicated. I don't feel like you're out there on draft day because of how much you love the team. It feels desperate, like, dude, please, please get it right. Well, it's the only celebration you have, and that's part of the problem here, is that you don't have... Yeah, they do this in Pittsburgh, and I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you're excited right. about your team. They're good. Right, And it, but, right. When you, but when you, when you're the Cleveland Browns and you're looking at your Super Bowl coming up here in a month, it, right? I mean, like, this is, this is the biggest moment... Of, I would say this is the biggest moment for the Browns of the upcoming season. I mean, like, yeah, are they going to win more games than they did last year? God willing, of course. I mean, they, they, they almost have to. Um, but when it comes to like, all right, what's really going to make a difference? Is it going to be the wins? Tougher. Is it going to be the wins lost this season? No, it's going to be who you pick up this season. So like, this is their Super Bowl. This is as high as it gets. So maybe you should pull out all the stops. It just feels little to me. It just, like, it feels like, aren't the Browns a little sheepish? Like, look at these clowns. Like, not only do we not have to win, we don't even have to let them in the building. Right, we don't even have to do anything. (laughs) Send them on a parking lot. These idiots are fine if we send them across the street. Why would we let them in our building? Look at them. You think I want all that Illyria all over my seats? No, keep them in the parking lot. That's what it feels, I'm sorry, that's what it feels like. I mean, dude, did we did this last year where Dallas had people on the 50-yard line. Like, you were in the stadium, you were part of it. Now, granted, that's a vision. That's like a vision of a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand. Number one, Dallas has more to show off there in their stadium versus First Energy. I mean, no offense to the, to the Browns Stadium there, but I mean, it's just not nearly as big and, and no, grand. It's a, dude, it's a fine stadium, but it's not the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And I mean, I can understand why you don't want your your season ticket holders, even if you cherish them as much as as much as you can, while you don't want them out on the field. I kind of do stand firm to like 
there's supposed to be a mystique there. And, like, I don't know, if we just let you come out on the field and have hot dogs and drink Budweiser's, isn't that a little bit of, like, this isn't that big of a deal? No, I think it's, this is the cool, no. I mean, dude, I've run on the Browns field. I've done it. It's cool. It's still, dude, I held one of the, honestly, one of those round plastic disc mics once for a game, too. It's still cool. Is, I, I think it honestly. I think it would. I think it would. Most people would think it was cooler than they think it's going to be. Than when you get down there, because it does. It feels special. I. I just. I think this is one of those things that a lot. Of, I'm going to find out that a lot of other teams in the league are doing it the same exact way, and it's not going to feel this way to me because the franchise isn't necessarily the black eye that the Cleveland Browns is. I think, like I said, I started this whole thing out by saying I feel like I'm piling on here. Because I feel like I'm just looking for another reason to knock this thing that has done nothing but cause me, well, agita and like pain for t- years. I've got uh, I've got three different mock drafts up right now. One from Sports Illustrated, one from CBS, one from Yahoo. All three of them have the Cleveland Browns drafting Saquon Barkley with the number one pick. That's a terrible idea. I think. I think it's a terrible idea. I think, dude, he's a gamer. I'm not saying Saquon Barkley can't play. I think he might be the real deal. A, I think there's a possibility he's there at four, unless Indianapolis takes him at three, which might happen. That that's a that's a legitimate thing. But I think you take, dude, you passed on too many quarterbacks. You got to take a quarterback. You kind of have to. The class isn't the best you're ever gonna see, but you got Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. There's enough names in there. There's enough names in there that if you know what you're doing and you draft a kid that can play a little, if you're an NFL coach, you should be able to whip one of those four kids into something watchable much better than what we had last year, the year before, and, well, honestly, since Bernie Kosar. You should be able to whip one of those dudes into something watchable. Hugh Jackson's the quarterback whisperer, right? That's That's what he was touted as. Well, get ready. I need him to start yelling. Quit whispering. Start yelling. But I think, if again, if it's me, I'm taking Sam Darnold at one and Minka Fitzgerald at, at four. You get a transformative quarterback to play on the offensive side of the ball, and you get defensive help in your secondary. So you can. it's a, it's a throw league. So I want a quarterback who can throw the ball, and I need guys who can stop other dudes from catching the ball as it's being thrown to them. It's a throw league. I want a really good running back. And if Saquon Barkley's there at four and you take him at four over Minka Fitzgerald, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to bitch. It's a pretty good pick. I'm fine with him at four. I think if you take Saquon Barkley at number one, that is six years of we screwed it up again. Where he's going to be a highlight, but then you're not going to have a quarterback in a quarterback-driven league, and it's going to be obvious, and you're going to be lackluster and bad. I think Saquon Barkley at number one is a bad, unless you think Sam Darnold's there at four. If you think that's the case and you can work that magic, then I guess maybe I'd have to walk back some of what I'm saying. I don't think Saquon Barkley for the Cleveland Browns is a smart number one overall first draft pick choice. I just don't think so. Tad Moore Shrine tickets up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have Tad Moore Shrine's uh, circus tickets for you. We have a four-pack. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. 
if I'm being honest about myself, I would have to imagine I would be classified I would be classified in the binge drinker category. I don't drink a lot, often I should say, but when I do drink, I probably drink in what scientists would consider excess. Yeah, I uh, I very much feel the same way. Um I don't think I have a problem with needing alcohol. But when I get in, like uh, that, I mean, I don't, I don't drink three beers. I'm not like, oh, no. dude, I'll have a beer or two. What's the point? No, like if I'm drinking, I'm drinking to get drunk. I'm and- the, I'm the same way. I don't, I'm not dependent on alcohol at all. I'm not an alcoholic by any stretch of the imagination. But I like to drink when I'm drinking. I would, I would still say, at the very least, there's going to be some people who make the argument of, well, that's indicative of a problem. Not necessarily alcoholism, but a problem nonetheless. Yeah, but. That's what the whole world's trying to do is victimize everybody. Like, you're a victim of this, and you're a vi- I mean, so, like, I-, I don't necessarily buy into that. They classify binge drinking as drinking five or more drinks in the span of two hours is binge drinking, which is pretty easily done. Uh, I mean, yeah. Five beers in two hours is not hard. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're considering, like, actual serving sizes of beers. Like, just because you get a tall draft doesn't mean that's one beer. Yeah, at that point. No, then, I mean, dude, you know. if you're drinking a 24-ounce draft, that's two beers. Okay. That's how, I mean, and again, you start adding, you know, the IPA factors in and like that kind of stuff with the, you know, the higher alcohol counts. Actually, you're drinking many more beers in a shorter, you know, in a shorter, you know, pour there. But binge drinking packs on the pounds. They're saying they do the math and on average, binge drinking is causing the average human being about 13 pounds a year. So they looked at how many calories you pack in. In a night of binge drinking. Now, I'm assu- now I keep maintaining. Phantom sent me this because he knows St. Patrick's Day coming up right around the corner. We're going to be, uh, we're, we will be doing the binge drinking there. And I've been on the health kick a little bit lately, so he sent me this, telling me what my what my day will consist of. So they looked at beers. Okay, five beers will set you back. Now this, they looked at a 12 ounce serving of beer, on average. Contains, they say, 153 calories. Now, again, they're talking domestic beers there. That's I'm telling you, IPAs are going to have more calories than that. Five beers will set you back 765 calories. Yikes. Dude, that's like, that's approaching half of what you should take in daily off of five things you're going to drink. And you're not full at all. Like, I know people will always say uh, beer makes you feel a little full, a little bloated, this and that, but I bet you're eating chicken wings and fried cheese in the middle of all that, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, you can feel like a little bloated from it, but I mean, it's not like you're getting any nutritional content out of that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, all, all those calories are going to getting you drunk. If you drank 765 calories worth of beer once a month for a year, you're adding a, an additional 9,180 calories for the year. Yikes, dude. And that's once a month? If you did it once a month. I mean, think about how, how much more... I mean, especially like in your heyday of drinking, like when it was like a part of your lifestyle. I mean, think about on, on, a, on, a, on a regular basis, three, four times a week, I would go out and have five plus beers. Oh, dude, when I was doing afternoons, it was six nights a week. Yeah, we I got mean, blacked out drunk. Yeah, just on a regular basis. Like just in, nonstop. In five beers at that point probably would have felt like, all right, that's a night. You know what I mean? It's not like that's a crazy night. That was probably just like, a, all right, that was a Tuesday night we went out. Oh, I was drinking on average 15, 16 right. drinks a night. Right. Like I when mean, I was going out. And, and, and you just start to factor in like you're right all the other decisions you're going to make once you start drinking and 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 all that but like just try to fathom drinking like 
10 pops. You know what I'm saying? Drink 10 Cokes. Ugh. Like, no friggin' way would you do that. But now all of a sudden it's beer and just... I once... We used to go out and drink. We would do the Madison Crawl in Lakewood. And we would do all those bars in Lakewood. We'd drink all there. And then afterwards, like once the bars closed, we would all go and get food to eat at this place. It, was, it burned down. I think they rebuilt it, but it was called Steve's Hot Dogs. And it was like a Cleveland institution. It was like the place to go after you, after you drank too much on, on the near west side. And once I stopped eating after I got drunk, I lost like 20 pounds just doing that. Right. Because of how much food I was eating when I was getting hammered. Like the, the, the drunk eating was so bad for me. So they started looking at shots. An ounce and a half is considered to be a standard shot, right? right? Of like gin, rum, vodka, whiskey, tequila. Those are about 97 calories per shot. Really? So five shots are going to give you about 485 calories. Yeah, man, there's going to be a lot of sugar and stuff. Like, that's where you got to be careful. Like, I, um, I know vodka, they say, is normally the best. And I guess, but it, once you start adding juice to stuff yeah, I was and say, all that kind mixers, of stuff, yeah, like once you start adding juice and sugar and vodka sodas and like all that stuff, all you're doing is just sucking down calories. So they say over the span of five years, binge drinking beer just once a month will add up 46,000 calories and about 15 pounds of added weight. Binge drinking shots would be about 29,000 calories or about another nine pounds, which let's be honest, if you're binge drinking the beers, you're probably having shots at the bar with those beers. So I look this up because St. Patrick's Day is this month and it's right around the corner and I can't wait because honestly, as much as I find some of the pageantry that comes with this holiday a little like nauseating, the corned beef sandwiches are amazing. It's like one of my favorite things to eat. I love those. I looked that up. Now, just I pulled an average calorie count for a corned beef Reuben sandwich off of Google, 535 calories for that sandwich. So, dude, think about that. I'm going to have on what St. Patrick's Day? Probably what? 10 beers? And I'm guessing I'm probably going to have at least a sandwich, a location, as we'll be at Lobie's, we'll be at TD's on West Tusk, and we'll be at Falcone's on West Tusk. The times of all that stuff can be found at WRQK.com, but... Coors Light sponsoring the Stansbury Show shenanigans for St. Patrick's Day. So, dude, I'm probably going to have Fantone probably. God, I bet it's going to be close to like a seven, eight thousand calorie day by the time by the time I'm done. Dude, on average now, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I know because I wrote everything down and I kept a real good calorie count yesterday. I took in thirteen hundred and twenty calories yesterday. Is what I took out, and I worked out yesterday for an hour and a half, so I burned a lot of those off. Man, like it has been a while since I have put that much food and that much beer into my system, and I can't wait to do it. It sounds delicious, but when you see those numbers, it's a little eye-opening, man. Dude, 15 pounds you're going to gain just drinking beer over the year? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm glad I'm not really doing that every day like I, like I once upon a time used to. There's an app that's following you like they all are, but this one's openly admitting it. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out at 930 for you this morning. I'm all about you are like most people and like myself, where when you download things to your telephone, you don't even read like the terms of service. You're just like, yep, I just want to use it. Fine. Access whatever you want in here. Right. And we're all doing that. 
And there's an app now. I guess this is all for movie people. It's called Movie Pass, which is this is part of like what you like you pay like a like a fee and you get to see a bunch of movies and like that kind of thing. But they have an app that you can use to like buy your tickets through and like find theaters near you and like you know how apps work, right? And it's nice. I really do like that. The um, you can buy tickets before you go and then you just walk right in. You don't have to stand in line or anything like that. I do like doing that. Yeah, that part's not the worst. The company they say is yes, we're watching where you are and where you're going. He says we're watching where you go afterwards. The CEO said. Says we're looking to understand our customer habits a little bit better. We want to build a night at the movies. If people tend to have dinner before the movies or to have a drink afterwards, for example, he thinks Movie Pass then could steer customers to restaurants and bars, and then he wants to take a cut of that revenue. It's fair. I mean, it's fine thought. I don't think so at all. Why? Because somebody who uses your app who just chose to drive home most people pick a restaurant on their way home either by something that they've heard from a friend that they hear advertised to them constantly over and over again or it's something that's on the way home so let's stop there why would he get a cut of that revenue well i'm just saying like if 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 like i mean if they want to pay to advertise on the app then yes right and if 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 you find out that hey like a lot of people are going to applebee's in this neighborhood or in this in this town after they go to a movie you partner up with applebee's you do like a you know hey you get you know buy a ticket here right right and you get like your two for 20 cheaper yeah i mean i think most businesses do want more information on you and and i from their perspective i get it more and more companies are trying to figure out how to advertise to you because we're getting more and more sneaky getting around it and as a matter of fact i saw fox news wants to cut their their ad time i think down to two minutes per hour and i've been saying this for a few months now i think what you're going to see is i think you're going to see a streamlined movement in advertising i think you're going to see companies double down on the places they like to advertise and buy more of the block so your show will be brought to you by x and it will be mentioned multiple times throughout it versus breaking away from it right you just in that little corner have the you know the craft logo or whatever they're going to run right? underneath and they're they're, they're going to run scrolls they're going to change this um I, you saw it in football this year but it's been a, it's been wrestling it's been a thing for a while where they have like the split screen where it's like you go away from the action into the commercial break golf has been doing that for but, 10 but years so you, you still got that yeah. right there and i think that makes a big difference and it works perfect for golf it, it I don't know if, if I don't know if a baseball fan or a football fan or a basketball fan would would enjoy it as much, but like when they start playing the audio from the spot, like I'm I am actually perfectly paying attention to both those things. Like I'm listening to that, looking at the screen, but yet I'm still watching Martin Keimer hit a seven iron from the fairway. It actually I don't know how it will translate to the other sports. I haven't seen it as much, but in golf it doesn't seem to bother me at all. Well, if you're gonna go to commercial anyway, at least that gives me some incentive to stick through it. You know what I mean? It gives me some level of like, all right, I'm 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 I'm, I'm in on this because you haven't taken away what I was watching. Um, I, I think the big thing with advertising nowadays is is once upon a time, it was just like throw the biggest net you possibly can and hopefully you pull some fish up with it. Now it's much more laser focused where it's like we're not looking for everybody. We're looking for these people specifically. Yeah, I think, well, again, identity politics are playing a huge role in what we buy, what we don't buy, how we're advertised to, who's running things where I won't run ads here, but I will run them there. I mean, that's part of it. 
I, dude, I got to be honest with you. I'm not, I know it's happening and there's no getting around it. But like this morning is a perfect example of this. Like I was driving into work this morning and I was working out some of the arguments out loud in my car that I was going, that, you know, some of the conversations I was going to have on the program. And I started wanted to, and so sometimes I will speak out loud so I can hear what it sounds like and kind of, and it kind of like helps me work through the argument and work through my point of the conversation. And I'll do it in my apartment. I'll do it. I mean, I do it everywhere. As a matter of fact, I got caught doing it in the locker room at the gym a little yesterday, and I was like saying things out loud. And I was like, okay, that's my best argument. And some guy like turned the corner, he looked at me like I was insane. I was like, all right, well, I don't really care. I am insane, but whatever. But this morning, I'm driving into work, and I'm kind of doing that. And I'm kind of like working it out orally out loud in my car. And I just looked down at my center console, and there's my phone. And I was just like, now some idiot at Google is just sitting here listening to me talk to myself, and I just sound like a crazy person. Like, when is the last time a human being was fully alone you're saying like average like john q public when was the last time you were alone on a day-to-day basis no i mean you've given up a lot of your privacy a lot of that right because of that convenience because you want a supercomputer in your pocket were our family members right about the fact that the tv was listening to us all the way back in the day too and we just put them in homes because they sounded like crazy people. Because honestly, being early on things does sound like you're nuts. At least with that, and don't get me wrong, you can make the argument of like, man, this has always been happening. But at least with that, it wasn't in your pocket every single step of your day. That's that's what's changed is that it's constantly on us now. You can't you can't avoid it. You can't walk away from it like you could, you know, your apartment, your television, or whatever. I just, I wonder, I mean, were these, were companies putting things in other devices? Like, was your toaster listening to you before your smart TV was? I don't think it's necessarily crazy to think that that might be true now, given how we've seen how, how easily this is done now. Like, I just, I, I really don't, I love technology and what it's brought me. The podcast has helped me professionally, right? The internet helps me personally and professionally. There's a lot of great things that come with it. And so I don't want to demonize it. But I am very, very thankful that I had at least experienced U.S. American life in an era where, you, where your privacy was still one of those things that you, that, that you took pride in. And like being alone with your thought and not having everybody listen to you, not have everybody exposed to what you're thinking, what you're doing, what you're buying, what you're this and that. Like I, again, I love streaming music because I get every album in the world on my phone. But there, it does kind of bother me that somebody is using the fact that I listen to Shout at the Devil as many times as I do a month to move me around a board. It does kind of irk me in a way that maybe it shouldn't. Maybe I'm taking it too seriously, but there, there's something about being a child of the 80s that I am very thankful for. About the fact that I do at least think that there was a time in my life where I was genuinely, I had my privacy. Where now, I don't feel like I'm in private ever. Like, I feel like I'm being listened to, followed, watched, viewed at all times everywhere I go. And it's because we are. We do have Canton Charge tickets. We'll give you those at 930. But before we do that, people are all in love with this Kevin Love, you know, thing that he wrote for the Players Tribune. And I don't get it at all. I think we need to end the love affair over this. And I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out around 9.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. There was an article that hit the Players' Tribune. I think this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. With Kevin Love. 
who talked about having a panic attack during a professional basketball game. And he gives you the date and says, you know, gives you the exact time it was after he turned 29. Tells you he was home against the Hawks, 10th game of the year. Um, and he says he 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 said expectations for the season combined with the you know the slow start were weighing on him. He knew something was wrong or off right after tip off. He said he was winded within the first couple of possessions. Says that's strange for his body and his conditioning. My guess is that's probably true. That those guys probably don't get winded right away. I would imagine that their cardio um, exercises have them you know ready to play you know at least a quarter of basketball. So they played 25 minutes of the first half, made one basket, two free throws. I don't know if that's necessarily all that out of line. I'm sure he's got games where that's average, and I'm sure he's got games where that's well below. Um, At halftime, he says it hit him. And then Coach uh, Lou called a timeout third quarter. He got to the bench. He felt his heart racing faster than usual, and he couldn't catch his breath. He says it's hard to describe, but you know he was spinning like his brain was trying to climb out of his head. The air felt thick and heavy. Mouth was like chalk. I remember our assistant coach yelling about a defensive set. I nodded, but I didn't hear much of what he was saying by that point. I was freaking out. When I got up to walk out of the huddle, I knew I couldn't re-enter the game. It literally couldn't do it physically. Is this the game that Isaiah Thomas had a problem with when, when he took off? I don't think it was this game specifically, but I do think that it's come out, and I think it was Dwayne Wade who had the problem, um, this, that it, that it, he was having a mental issue, he felt like, when, when that. It wasn't this game specifically. Okay, though. but this is part of... Okay. Yes. He says, Coach Lou came up to me and he could sense something was wrong. I blurted out something like, I'll be right back. And I ran back to the locker room. He said he was running from room to room in there. I was looking for something. I couldn't find it. And he starts going in and starts to tell you that he starts to think about, I looked at mental health isn't just an athlete thing. What you do for a living doesn't have to define who you are. This is an everyone thing. And that is the best piece of information that's in here. There is nothing, and I mean not one piece of information in this Kevin Love article that is that is not readily available, that that has not been told to you by a thousand people before this guy, that, that, that I don't understand the love affair for this Kevin Love article. He First of all, dude, he tells you, first of all, he says, I didn't realize talking to a therapist would be therapeutic. Bro, like, come on. You didn't realize that saying your problems out loud and saying them out loud is just even to anyone would be therapeutic and helps you think more clearly about them. It took you 29 years to get to there. This, by the way, what am I always telling you? People at 30 think they got it all figured out. You don't. You don't. I thought I had it figured out at 30. I didn't. Kevin Love's a multimillionaire, got one of the best jobs in the country at 29, still doesn't know a damn thing. See what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, there's nothing in here. There's nothing in here. First of all, he doesn't even tell you that the medical professionals described or even had declared that what he went through was a panic attack. He never even tells you that. He never tells you what the diagnosis from the Cleveland Clinic was. He never says they officially told me this. Never goes in there. Essentially, he tells you, yeah, my grandmother died. <laughs> like that's, And then he tells you about like how you know, like that was a part of his thing he didn't totally work out in his life. I don't get it. I'm not knocking him for posting it. I'm not saying shut up, don't talk about these things. But the lauding over this man, over telling you nothing, is seems a little sickening and not genuine. What do you mean? I, I, I just I don't understand what we're fawning over this for. 
Um, what are we fawning over I mean, it for? As 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 mental health has definitely been a part of the conversation of like what's wrong with the country recently. I think that like an athlete coming out and saying, "Hey, I have this issue too." I, I even if you don't view that as like the greatest thing in the world, like other people, if other people find that to be like, "Hey, I, I appreciate that." I don't, I, like I, don't I said, I'm not knocking him for doing it. All I'm saying is, is that he he's being like lauded for thank you, Kevin, for being so strong and telling us. First of all, let me clear this up for you. If you went to the doctor and they ran enough tests on you, they would find out you have a form of mental illness. We all have it. Everybody's got this. Notice how he said it's an every person thing. So, dude, no matter who you are, if they ran enough tests on you, they would tell you you haven't worked through this yet. This is childhood trauma that's still manifesting itself in your life, and we can see it here, here, and here. You have panic attacks, and they're, they, are, they are stressed from here, here, and here. Like, this is literally, it's every single person alive. And part of it is, is that the human being was not designed to live around and be encountered by this many people. We have a population issue that is spawning more mental health issues. That's what's happening. We are not designed. Why do you think in people in New York City and Chicago and L.A. were in Seattle were the first places to kind of deal with this? It's because all those people around you at all times and you're just like constantly boxed in and you're never alone. You're constantly around all these other people that spawns this. Don't you think that a lot of people don't deal with those issues, though? I don't think anybody's going to deal with it anymore because Kevin Love's grandmother died. I don't understand. I Like I said, I'm not knocking him for it. Okay, but this loving him and like, oh, you're so like, why? What makes this brave? Hearing about other people's issues, you don't think that like you can kind of hear other people's issues. Hey, you've gone through this. I've gone through this. I'm there's, sure there's some camaraderie or at least like, hey, I'm not alone in this. I'm sure as people will send me emails all the time talking about how dude, the fact that I've been open about some of the issues that I've had in my life, overcome them, that they that they take power away from that and that helps them so maybe this helps on that level it's just dude maybe i guess what i'm angry about is if you didn't know this information that was in this kevin love article that scares me but i mean people celebrate you for that and people do do look at you as but like, i don't like it but uh, it makes me feel weird but it, it, it's it's a positive impact that you've it's had a on positive that person's impact. life so like i just don't understand there's no there like had there been like i did you not think professional athletes deal with stuff that the regular human being does i think that i'm sure a lot of professional athletes have put themselves in that mindset of of that's not going to be my issue i'm a professional athlete i don't need that oh well then they were dumb well i mean but then I mean, that's then honestly then you're just an ignorant person i mean sure there's people who are short-sighted and don't necessarily take the best care of themselves mentally so i think if you have somebody who's saying like hey i didn't think this was going to be an issue for me but now all of a sudden it is i i, I don't see the problem with it i just i don't I mean, like when it comes to you and like in the in the last month, you've been like health, 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 health. So now Kevin Love does it. And it's like, no, nope, you can't talk about it. No. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure. Sh- well, I don't want to say that because that's not what he's doing either. I, again, the job is different. I am kind of required to kind of tell you what's going on with me. I am, once again, I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not knocking Kevin Love. I'm knocking the people that feel like they read this and walked away with this, like this eye opening information. He gives you nothing in here, not one thing that has not been documented a million times before. 
and I guess I just I guess maybe that's what I'm angry about is that the shock that just because somebody has a job you wish you would have that they're not going to go through with this. And again, if I sent every last one of you to a doctor long enough, enough sessions, they are going to find something where it's like you are mentally what they would have used to have called deficient in some area. Now, they can no longer call it that anymore because it sounds like they're being mean. Now, where this will get tricky for a professional athlete, and I saw a couple of sports blogs tweeting this out this morning, and they're right about it, is we, are, we do tell professional athletes that they have to be mentally tough. That you have to be mentally tough in the game. And that is weird because how do you do that and not extend the stigma that comes with mental illness? Which again, I maintain we all have. There's not a single person on the planet alive today that does not have some form of this. It is impossible. It cannot happen. Part of the reason, like I said, is we are suffering a population issue. We were not designed to have to deal with this much stress in people in our daily lives like that. We were not designed to live like that. And that through evolution and through technology and creation, we are forcing these things in our lives that are making us more mentally unhappy than we were in prior decades. It's just, it just confounds. It just compounds. It just keeps adding to it but this like lauding this man over this over telling you he was out of breath in the at halftime of an nba game and realized he didn't work through his grandmother's death and that's how it happened and once i read the i was 29 years old before i realized talking to a therapist could help me that's where i that's where i gave up that's where i was like okay dude i give up like if you legitimately don't know that working your problems out out loud i i don't know i guess i'm not mad at kevin love i guess i'm more mad at the reaction that it's like, yeah, this is happening. It's happening to your wife, to your husband, to your kids, to everybody. This is in all of us. There's not a person alive that doesn't have at least a little portion of this. But the problem is now, especially, and why I, why I do normally I would urge people, go see a doctor, go see a doctor, right? But the problem with that is now, now they're just going to shove Prozac and Xanax and all this other stuff down your throat that you probably ultimately don't really need. And that if you found a couple of natural things, and I don't mean to sound too hippie, but if you probably walked in the wilderness, they say is a good one. Spending time near the ocean is another one. Near water is another one. Calming influences on your life are probably going to help you. Problem with going and seeing a doctor now is, dude, they take 10 minutes with you, write you a script, and they put you right out there. If they were doing it with the opioids, you don't think they were doing it with the kind of drugs that deal with this too? Of course they were. Plenty of people getting high on Xanax out there every single day. I'm not mad at Kevin Love. I'm, I guess I'm more, and I'm not even mad. I guess maybe I'm depressed about the fact that this is information that most people didn't have already. I guess that's what I'm taking too long to say. I'm depressed over the fact that you didn't have this information already. We'll pass out those Canton Charge tickets next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love it. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com where I found this next story and I love it. I love this story. And I think we need more of this, not less. But sure enough, social media already told this guy he made the wrong call. He's being too mean. A Virginia boy got some tough love from his dad. His dad made him run to school after he was caught bullying another student. His son was suspended from the bus for three days for bullying, so he decided to teach his son a lesson by making him run to school, and yeah, he made him run in the rain. 
He posted a Facebook Live video of it. You can see it at WRQK.com. I also linked it at Facebook.com slash Show as well. He's driving behind his son while his son rides to school, making sure to stress that he does not tolerate bullying. Apparently, this guy has a million and a half viewers that were watching this video. And in the background, you can hear him joke that his son will either be fast or obedient, but we're working on fast. He filmed all three mornings of his son running up, and by the third day, he jumped, on, jumped in on the action, and he and his boy sister tried running with him. By the third day, the boy left his father in the dust running by him. The dad has responded back to people on social media, calling him mean and saying this is the wrong way to parent. Says, you sound, I, I'm going to paraphrase here, you sound like a little bit of a sissy. You could use a lap or two yourself. I love it. I love it. I love this kind of punishment. First of all, what is he? And people are like, he's being so mean by having his son exercise. By by running by what by what the NFL has NFL play sixty right sixty minutes a day they're supposed to be running around. Why is this dad a bad dad? I don't get this. This is the exact kind of parenting we need. Yeah, I think a big part of the bullying issue is so many parents look at it from the perspective of how can I make sure my child's not a victim. You also have to look at it from the perspective of how can I make sure that my child's not a bully, and this is a perfectly appropriate way if to If your so. kid is the cool kid in class, he's a bully. I'm just here to tell you, that's the way it is. He may not be physically pushing people down. Your daughter might not be physically ripping another girl's hair out, but she may be one of the plastics. Right? Like from Mean Girls. And your son's probably making fun of somebody. If you're one of the cool kids, you're a bully. It's just the way it is. You can't be one of the cool popular kids in in that kind of social structure and not have a little bit of teasing somebody else. So is it one or the other? You're either the bully or the victim? I I think there's a little bit of it where, again, I don't think certain things are bullying. But in today's society, I have to say that they are. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm a bigot or whatever, whatever word Twitter wants to use this month they haven't decided yet but it's like it it, there's nothing wrong with saying to your kid you did this it's not appropriate so in response to that this shall happen but sure enough now we now we never mind the fact that the kid was bullying other students but we have the we have these parent like supervisors now online who want to tell this guy he's being mean to his kid Remember, it was like three years ago. This was all the rage were these parenting videos on how to like, I'm going to be rough with my kid and I'm going to parent strongly to show people like when your kid acts up, you take responsibility. What does everybody say after a school shooting starts at home, starts at home, parents, where are the parents? Not a gun issue. It's a parent issue. And then the minute the parent makes the kid run to school, which again, I will tell you by the, as you're calling exercise punishment, that right there is laughable. All he's doing is making his kid run around. Kids are supposed to be able to run around. There's absolutely nothing wrong with what this dad did, but he's being shamed a little bit online now because the softness that is taking over, this is insane. This is insane. This is exactly the way parents are supposed to act. Force your kids to realize the ramifications of their actions and what will come of them. 
If you just yell at them, I'm going to take Snapchat away. Meanwhile, you never do. They just go right into your purse, take their phone back out, and they're using it. Well, I mean, I was going to take the computer away. I was going to take the iPad away. But, I mean, they, you technically, they use it for homework. And, blah, blah. and before you know it, there's absolutely not one boundary anywhere. Because, well, you know, he kind of needs this for this. And uh, if I take this away, then i got to drive him. And if I got to, there's no boundaries. This is a great boundary. If you do this, you screwed up, and I'm going to ride behind you in the car. I'm going to ride your ass the whole way. We need more of this, not less. We'll pass out those Canton Charge tickets next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com, and this is one of the weirder stories I read all morning. Where former Limp Biscuit frontman Fred Durst oh, yeah. <laughs> is going to direct a movie. It's called Moose. <laughs> and John Travolta <laughs> is playing the lead character. Okay. So they've begun <laughs> they've begun the principal photography in Alabama. So it's not like we're in talks. Like, this is happening. <laughs> I guess what's happening is Durst is making a movie about a guy who's obsessed with his favorite movie star. Because at first when I read the headline, it said John Travolta to play Fred Limp Bizkit's Fred Durst in a movie. And I was like, wait, What? The greatest movie ever. Travolta just, I mean, I mean, I thought Battlefield Earth was bad, but gee, but geez. Get the movie. Oh my God. Jeez. No, but so what's happening here is I guess like the actor, and this part's weird too, that Travolta's going to be obsessed with is Devin Soya. Saya. I forget how to say that. Sawa. Sawa? Yeah. I know he was in Idle Hands with Jessica Alba. Like that's like the Devin Saw movie I, I I know of that that I know he was in. I think he was in one of those Final Destination movies too. Sure, he may have been killed by a roller coaster. Some happened. Right. I don't know. But like, isn't Travolta like <laughs> three times that dude's age? And first of all, I thought Devin died. Like I thought I thought we had lost him to a drug overdose. Turns out maybe not. And I don't know if Fred Durst can direct movies or not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he can. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things. I mean, we've seen plenty of actors do it. It can't yeah. be that hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Rob Zombie can go out there and make movies. I don't see why Fred Durst can't. Um, uh, am I going to watch this? Of course not. Dude. <laughs> like, if you're going to say, hey, dude, you're going to go see the new John Travolta Fred Durst film? No. I oh, I think I got to see it. You think you're in? I mean, once it hits the Netflix Amazon circuit, yeah. I got to. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I always, I never understood the hatred that that band got. Fred Dirt or Limp Bizkit? Limp Bizkit. Um, I don't get that at all. I think that band's way better than they get credit for. The right band at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were good. I, I stand by you 100%. I love the first three albums. $3 Bill, y'all. Oh, fantastic. It is Great. really good. Great record. No question really about good. it. Really good. And even, what was the one that had, what was the one, Significant Other? Yep, was that, that the was a good one. What and was the one after that? that? That one was pretty good. And then I think Chocolate Starfish is where I, it all started to fall apart. See, I liked a lot of that record. It was not terrible, but I think that. That's when I started to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, kind of out here. There was enough of it. It was like, whoa. 
but there was enough on chocolate uh, uh, that I was uh, not chocolate starf. Yeah, no, yeah, chocolate starfish that's and the, the chocolate one that had covered water. I even like the one after that where they did the Who cover. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where they did Behind, Behind Blue, Blue Eyes. Eyes. There was yeah. a couple of songs on that record I loved, but like Break Stuff was great. Nookie was good. Um, and it was just Faith was excellent. It was just I feel like I bet you there was probably bands of the hair metal era that went through the same thing that Limp Bizkit did, where it's like, dude, this isn't all your fault. You're not that bad, but you're paying for the sins of so many other bands. Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Cinderella was a very talented band. Was more Aerosmith based than a lot of that LA strip stuff was. They sounded more like Aerosmith. They were bluesier. They kind of had that feel and yet they got kind of lumped in because of the album covers and all that kind of stuff with the rest of the air scene. And Limp Bizkit being one of the really popular ones at that time, it was probably very easy to, uh, you know, kind of turn against them and on that, uh, you know... In Fred, there's enough of Fred that's annoying, yeah. to where you could like you could kind of hate on Fred a little bit, and because dude, he was just running through a list a list vagina at the time, so you know that makes dudes hate you. I mean, he was just like running through it at the time. I always thought Limp Bizkit was a little bit better than than they got credit for. I feel like they dude, they're a lot like Nickelback, where people hate on that band, and I don't think it's all that warranted. I think actually, their musically they they were not as bad as people want to make them out to be. But I don't know, dude. John, dude, how far have you fallen as John Travolta though? Like, think about the movies that guy's been right. in. Right. I mean, he's been in some killer movies. Now you got Fred Durst hitting you up, like, bro, I need you for Moose. Get in here. <laughs> I mean, the name of the movie's Moose. Moose. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. This sounds like direct to, like, Vimeo or, like, not even Netflix. I have no idea on this. Are we sure this is real? Is this a fake news account that we just got hit with? Is this, no, this no? is multiple people okay. reporting it. And, dude, they've, like right. I said, they started the principal photography in Alabama already. Right. I don't know what that means, but they're, but they're down there doing it, scoping it out. Travolta playing the head the lead character <laughs> in Moose. <laughs> Got that backwards Yankee hat <laughs> directed by by the by the one and only uh well the chocolate starfish there Mr. One Fred Durst interesting can't wait till Moose comes out <laughs> I think we all can wait I, I, I'm ready for, I'm ready for the Moose to come out I'm ready we have Canton charge tickets let's send you right now let's take caller seventeen at one eight hundred two four three seven six two five on though aside from that we're done for the day be back at it live tomorrow morning six a.m. on Rock one hundred six nine you guys have a great day see you. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9.